Austin Matthews reaches the 50-goal milestone, and the playoff races heat up. We've got all that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Gil Martin, and with me every Friday, my co-host, Rachel Donner. Rachel, how are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's Friday, so uh, excited to talk about what happened this week in the NHL. Yeah, going to be a a great show and and a lot going on. And I I think, you know, we have to start with Austin Matthews reaching that 50-goal plateau. Uh, Always historic when when you hit that milestone and Matthews just really getting it done and, and, you know, doing it in just 62 games is pretty impressive. It really is. And honestly, I'm just relieved he did it already and it won't happen in the game against the flyers this weekend i mean he'll probably score again but at least it won't be a milestone that we have to deal with but yeah it's a pretty incredible accomplishment and especially you know on a team where there's so many offensive weapons for him to have accomplished that is is pretty incredible and it's also incredible because the goal scoring race is pretty tight. He's not the only one that's been playing that well this season. Uh, Drysaddle has a chance to hit that mark as well tonight. So, you know, he's sitting at 49 right now. So that's, uh, you know, it's not like Austin Matthews can rest on his laurels in terms <laughs> of the Rocket Richard race, but it still is an incredible accomplishment on its own. No question. And look, first Toronto Maple Leafs player to do this since Dave Andrichuk back in 1993-94. He had 53 goals that year. So, uh, you know, that that's also impressive. And when you think of all the great offensive players that the 50-goal mark is also kind of surprising. Yeah, I, I think I think it is. And I think this, you, you know, you don't want to curse the Leafs or maybe you do want to curse the Leafs. And, and, and <laughs> they have say, enough curses maybe, to worry about, <laughs> you know, maybe this is the year. Uh, but, you know, it does seem like things are coming together for them in a way that they haven't in previous years. It does. I mean, to me, the question with Toronto is always defense. They did make some moves at the trade deadline to try to fortify that. Uh, I I still am not sure the Maple Leafs are built for playoff hockey, but uh, we'll see. They certainly are a very talented team, and you got to count them among the contenders for the Stanley Cup in the East, especially this year. But boy, it's going to be tough coming out of that division. 
I, I think so too. And, you know, the Atlantic division, I would say in terms of the playoffs is probably where your tougher opponents are. Uh, even though the the Metropolitan Division is a tough division on its own with those top teams, I just think, you know, you have Toronto, you have Florida, you have Tampa, who, you know, isn't where they were in previous years, but still is a, a pretty incredible hockey team out there. I think you have to think those are your favorites. And then, you know, the Metropolitan, you have Carolina, uh, but I think, you know, your Rangers... And maybe even, I don't know, the Capitals just feel like a step below those Atlantic mm-hmm. Division teams. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, as a dark horse, I wouldn't entirely write off the Boston Bruins either. They have been playing mm-hmm. well as of late, winning eight of their last ten. And uh, they have a little bit more balance as far as their depth uh, up front especially is concerned this year. Yeah, and you know they increase that depth and their uh, ability to close out games. I think at the trade deadline, and they seem to be peaking at the right time as well. Um, and they certainly showed it against New Jersey last night. So, oh boy, <laughs> yeah, the Devils officially eliminated. Uh, from the playoff race in an eight to one loss to the Boston Bruins. And uh, what was it? Six goals in one period for Boston. It yeah. was a, a pretty impressive time, a performance that they haven't done in 38 years. So uh, for the Bruins just rolling and then Brad Marchand reaching the 30 goal plateau for the fifth time in his career, uh, you know, if you're going to get eliminated, it, You'd rather get eliminated, I guess, with an overtime loss or at least in a close-spirited game. Getting blown out 8-1, to one, not the way to do it. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, and, you know, we're starting to get to that point where a number of teams are, are getting eliminated and and we're, we're getting more crystallization of who's in the playoff picture. Yeah, and what order those teams might end up in at the end of the season as well. Um, you know, we've been saying all along that the Eastern Conference is pretty set in terms of the teams. So we have more Eastern Conference teams mathematically eliminated at this point with those Devils being the most recent team uh, before that the Flyers and the Senators and the Canadians of course Um, and in the Western Conference only two teams mathematically eliminated because that race is still a little bit more open uh, with the Arizona Coyotes and Seattle Kraken eliminated yeah and and look you know as we get closer to the end of the season there'll be more teams eliminated but I'll tell you, the race, especially in the West, you mentioned in the East, we know who the eight teams are going to be, I'd say with about 85, 90% certainty, maybe even higher. But out West, it's going to be a dogfight for those final playoff spots. It really is. And it's uh, it's kind of fascinating because there's some teams that have had you know, reputations such as Vegas of their team that always makes the playoffs. And right now they're just 
you know, barely in the wild card spot. And then you have a team like Nashville, who many people wrote off, who is in number one in the wild card spot right now. And so I think that there's some subversion of expectations from this season going on in the West, as well as, you know, some teams that you do have high expectations for, but generally disappoint, but are actually playing okay this year. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, Edmonton, but <laughs> that is where we are right now. Yeah. And, you know, Vegas, the thing that worries me about them is just that they've played more games than most of the other teams fighting for that, uh, those wild card spots in those last playoff spots. And, they may run out of opportunities before all is said and done. They very well could. And so I think that you know, even if they barely make the playoffs to kind of be a bottom seed coming into it from, a, you know, an uh, quote unquote underdog status would be a really unusual position for them to be in. It would be. And, and then of course there's the likelihood they would end up facing the Colorado avalanche, the, uh, front runners right now for the president's trophy if, if they do sneak get get in first and then worry about it is usually uh the way you got to look at it because uh we all know in the stanley cup playoffs upsets happen every year and i i, I can't remember the last time all four division winners advanced to the second round of the playoffs no, that doesn't happen very often. So, you know, maybe this is the year it does, but, you know, we'll see what what happens down the pike. There's just been so much uh, kind of turmoil in the West that it's it's a lot of fun to watch. It is. And, you know, we, we started to talk a little bit about expectations. We're going to talk uh, coming up about teams. And, well, we're going to talk. about some of the expectations that were not met some of the surprises we've seen that's coming up with hello fresh you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep skip trips to the grocery store and count on hello fresh to make home cooking easy fun and affordable that's why it's america's number one meal kit HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in about 30 minutes or less. Plus, they've got quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes, low prep, and easy cleanup options, and provide an even faster route to putting food on the table. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including veggie, fit and wholesome, family-friendly, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. I love using HelloFresh because you always get something that tastes incredible and it's just the right amount of food for two people, or sometimes I've got a meal for myself and leftovers for the next day. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use the code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and the code LockedOn16. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And like all Built Bars, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. 
And they come in some really great flavors like yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. These are so good, they're going to be your new favorites. And look, most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, but pack 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So, Rachel, let's talk a little bit about expectations because every NHL season there are surprises, and this year is no exception. Uh, let's start with you. Who do you think has been the, the – what is the biggest expectation that you had that was not met this season that surprised you? I mean, honestly, it's got to be your Islanders. Right. I mean, I think that after the past two seasons, it's just felt like this team was in a real solid position that I don't know if I would have expected them to win the Stanley Cup this year. But, you know, making the conference final to being essentially out of the playoffs is, uh, you know, a pretty big tumble. And, you know, I think that, you know, we're going to talk about Montreal, but that's a different kind of expectation I think because that was more of a one-off where the Islanders have been building towards this and Lou Lamarillo has you know built a specific team for a Barry Trot system to work and it just hasn't worked this season so I don't know I mean obviously you have a show that you talk about this all the time about <laughs> why it's not working but you know for for this audience what do you think went wrong there? I think it was a a sort of a perfect storm of problems. I mean, first of all, you started the season with 13 road games. Then you had, you have a new home that at least for the first five or six games, you don't really have home ice advantage because you're no more familiar with the rink than the visiting team is. But the other thing is when they got home, COVID hit, they were missing seven, eight, nine players and they had to play about seven or eight games like that. They go 0-8-3, and, and it's tough to make up a deficit after you've gone winless in 11 games in this league. So, you know, since the holiday break, the Islanders have been playing at a playoff clip, but once you go 0-8-3, and it's pretty tough to, to overcome that. I'm not worried about this team long-term. They do need a little tweaking, a puck-moving defenseman to replace Nick Letty, and maybe a sniper to compliment Matthew Barzal. But I, I think if COVID didn't happen, the Islanders would be, it, if not a playoff team, right in the thick of the playoff hunt. Uh, you, you mentioned Montreal. That's obviously you know a team that was in the Stanley Cup final last year. Uh, once, you know, we, we, we didn't necessarily expect them to repeat that. But I think once Carey Price uh, announced that he was going to address some issues and wasn't going to play for a good chunk of this season, that changed the equation for Montreal. What else do you think affected the Canadiens? Yeah, I think you know they weren't scoring, first off. I, I think when the season first started, they just were not able to put the puck in the net enough 
to to win those early games. And I think they they had some systemic problems as well. And obviously the coaching change has made a, a big difference for them. I mean, they're still not winning all the time, but at least they're winning some and they are scoring at a higher pace now. So I think, you know, it's a combination of, you know, not having the right personnel deployed in the right way, but also the carry price factor. I think that was huge, like you said. I think another team that has surprised a lot of people is the LA Kings in a positive way. Uh, I don't know how many people expected LA to be, uh, if not a playoff team, certainly in the thick of the playoff hunt right now and and look at where they are. Yeah. And I think uh, at least from my perspective, I absolutely expected them to take a step forward because they've been, you know, building a really phenomenal pool of prospects over the last couple of years. And, you know, it was just a matter of time before some of them would come into their own and you could combine some of the veteran presence with those younger players and take that leap forward. But I I just don't think people expected the leap to be as big as it was this year. And uh, it's actually a ton of fun to see. And, you know, I like that some of the, the veterans are kind of getting a second swing at things. Yeah, it's like uh, it, when the team is that good, it it wakes them up a little bit. It inspires them. And I I enjoy watching that as well. Another team that surprised me, not so much in their record, but in sort of the way they've played this season, the expansion Seattle Kraken. I think, you know, I expected them to be tighter defensively uh, and to struggle to score goals. And it hasn't exactly worked out that way. Yeah, they are just a conundrum I think where you know they have players there that can do better but for whatever reason they they haven't been able to put it together this season at all and they're giving up you know really unfortunate goals on a regular basis that should have been stopped in some way where you know there was a giveaway or turnover and like they've been turning over the puck a lot on Seattle and I, I think that their defense has failed them in in a lot of ways. Um, I think you know there was a lot of expectation going into the season overall just simply because of how Las Vegas did as an expansion team and once they had their expansion draft Seattle you know I think expectations definitely <laughs> changed a lot you know we looked at that team overall and said oh okay so maybe they'll be like mid low pack but they're not going to be this bad um yeah. and I don't know it, it it must be tough for these new you know, Seattle fans who've been wanting this for a long time and expectations were high. No question. Uh, you, you, you hope that just the fact that they're excited to have the new team sort of carries over until the team starts to win. But look, uh, the NHL doing a much better job with expansion now than they did in the 60s and 70s and 80s where teams would come in and be absolutely dreadful. I mean, the Islanders won 12 games out of 78 their first season. The Capitals won eight out of 80 in their first season. Uh, We're not seeing teams that are that dreadful anymore. And I'm I'm at least happy about that. Everybody is competitive. How about the Nashville Predators? I think they've been a pleasant surprise as well. 
Yeah, it's, uh, you know, one of those things where maybe you felt like that was a team that had had its time and was on its way down and they were headed for a rebuild. But lo and behold, they've been able to put together, you know, a string of, of really positive results. And, you know, the goaltending, I think, had been a, a question after Pekka Rene's retirement, like who's going to, you know, take the mantle. And uh, Yusei Suarez has absolutely done a phenomenal job there. So I, I think that you know, they should not be counted out under any circumstances in a, in a first round playoff series, let's say. Absolutely. Goaltending, always a key. Well, we've got an exciting slate of games coming up this weekend as the playoff races heat up. We will preview the weekend schedule coming up when we return here on the Locked On NHL podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion, this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports in from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. You name it, it at BetOnline.net. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So a busy slate of games coming up this weekend. And, you know, with the playoff races heating up, it seems like every day we've got some important games to look at. Uh, I, I've got to start tonight. Uh, Rangers Islanders, e- even though the Islanders are more or less out of the playoff hunt, it is always a great rivalry game. And uh, the Rangers certainly need the points. They're fighting for uh, possibly first place in the Metropolitan Division. And Madison Square Garden is always electric when these two teams get together. The other game that stands out to me, though, uh, St. Louis and Edmonton, uh, which is a 9 o'clock Eastern time start, That those are two teams fighting for playoff position in the West. Yeah, I think that'll be a fun one because I think, you know, with Edmonton, you're, like I alluded to earlier this show, you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? And St. Louis is a team that has been pretty uneven recently while they're still – clearly in the playoff hunt here, um, you know, the Flyers beat them. So that's <laughs> all I have to say about that. But they have been playing a little uneven recently. And, you know, head coach Craig Berube has talked about it pretty openly. And so these are two teams that could honestly use the points, you know, against each other, really, in the playoff race if either one of them end up in a wild card spot and you know especially that central division is is pretty tough so it would be better for st louis obviously to be in one of those top three spots in their division 
No question about that. Saturday, uh, a very good matinee game. Uh, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and the Pittsburgh Penguins facing the team in first place overall in the standings right now, the Colorado Avalanche in Denver. To me, this is a, a heck of a great afternoon game on Saturday. It really is. And I think for Pittsburgh, you know, they're looking over their shoulder at the New York Rangers who you know, in in their estimation, probably are like, oh, you know, the Rangers are going to get to play the Islanders and have, you know, a little bit easier time. And, you know, we have this tougher schedule trying to keep up. And and so I think that, you know, it's going to be incredibly important for Pittsburgh to win this one. And, uh, you know, I think that Colorado, while is more established, at the top, I think, you know, wants to keep that margin and, and keep that home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. Then it, uh, in the evening, it, your Flyers are hosting the Maple Leafs. Toronto, obviously, in the thick of that playoff hunt, so Philly can try to play spoiler. Uh, and then you have Minnesota, Carolina. I think that's going to be uh, a heck of a matchup between two teams that desperately need the points. Yeah, I think, you know, with Minnesota, they have, you know, a couple games in hand on Colorado that we just talked about. But the differential is so huge that it's not going to like they're not going to catch them. But, you know, they do also have, you know, St. Louis, who we just talked about, you know, right behind them and trying to to make up some of those points. So it'll be extremely important for Minnesota to, to get these two points and, and Carolina on the other side of things is, you know, they have a little bit of a cushion right now. And, you know, there aren't any games in hand situations, I think uh, affecting them, but they're going to want to keep that. And if they can win against a tough Minnesota team, I think that'll help them build, you know, not that they need more confidence, but uh, maintaining that confidence heading into the playoffs. Absolutely. And then the late game on Saturday, St. Louis, who you mentioned before, heading out to Calgary to take on the Flames. And again, two teams. We've got all these teams in the West sort of tightly, uh, very close together in the standings. You win a regulation game, you know, like this, St. Louis and Calgary, that makes a big difference in the standings. Well, and that's what's so important for this weekend for the Blues is that they've got a back-to-back against two teams that are right in the thick of it with them. And so, you know, coming into Calgary after just having played Edmonton, they'll probably be exhausted because of the speed of the Oilers. I think that, you know, coming into yet another gauntlet in Calgary, this weekend is a big, like, make it or break it for the Blues. Yeah, no question about that. Sunday, some interesting games as well. Uh, Vegas is in Vancouver at 7 o'clock. I think that game, uh, Vegas desperately needs the points. Vancouver still holding on to a chance at the playoffs, but they'll need to get hot in a hurry. And then a a great East-West game also at 7 o'clock. Minnesota traveling to our nation's capital to take on the Washington Capitals. Yeah, another back-to-back there uh, with the Wild. And so I think that this is a a good chance for them because I think that if you're going to go back-to-back and come into that second team, I think the Capitals are a good one for the Wild 
to to walk into uh just because i think the caps are a little bit slower than than the wild and you know not that they aren't tough they are it'll it'll be a good game but it'll be a different style of game than the one they just played against carolina so i think you know they'll be able to to really have a good chance to you know rack up some points should be a great weekend of hockey. Looking forward to it. Want to say thanks again for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Rachel, that's going to do it for us today. Want to wish you a, a great weekend and all of our listeners as well. And thanks so much for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.